This hour of Neil Sperry's Texas Gardening is presented by Baylor Scott and White Health. Neil and everyone here would like to thank all the good folks on the front line, the ones we see and the ones we don't see. We appreciate your hard work, keeping us healthy and hopeful in these tough times. And now here's Neil. Thank you, Stuby, very, very much, and welcome to our second hour this morning. Um, we uh, always have the SPCA of Texas report at this point, and I'll do that in just a moment. I thank you for listening, and let me check my call screen. I need a couple of calls, it looks like. Uh, so let me give you that phone number. I'd love to hear from you. It's 800-288-WBAP, 800-288-9227. If you have just come out of the early service and are tuning me in for the first time this morning, Oh my gosh, this is pecan allergy. I went to the doctor on Friday, got the COVID test. You walk in there sounding like this, that's what they're going to slam up your nostril. Is I think we're going to start with a COVID test. That came back negative, negative for that and for the flu. I've had this, and, and he knew that, and he said, I'm, I've got to do this just to be true to my, my um, fellow uh, doctors and nurses here. But uh, he has seen me. In this situation, every April for years, it's been 40 years that I've had had this same deal happen. Anyway, it's uh, it'll get better. I I don't feel horrible. I don't feel too great. But uh, anyway, hope the voice holds out one more hour. We can make it through this weekend. So just uh, please call. I, I'm cherishing every, each and every call today. 800-288-WBAP. 800-288-9227. I will promise I will not shout at you today. Couldn't if I wanted to. Never want to. Never do. But certainly not today. Today's adoptable pet, let me get this where I can see it better, is Rocket. Rocket is a pointer mix moving in on nine years of age. He weighs in at 53 pounds. He has a white coat with an occasional random black spot here and there. While Rocket is an older dog, he earns his name, as he is still quite capable of a burst of speed every now and then. That sounds like some of the rest of us. It would be ideal for Rocket to end up in a forever home with a securely fenced backyard. He's kind of shy at first, so it may take a minute or two for him to warm up to a new acquaintance. Once on good terms, however, he is very friendly and very affectionate with people. However, it would be best for him to be in a home with adults. Rocket might do well with another dog, although it depends on the individual. Someone wanting to adopt Rocket as a second dog should bring their current pet to meet Rocket before going through with an adoption. Don't forget that the Bissell Pet Foundation is sponsoring reduced adoption fees today through next, uh, well, through May 8. As part of the National Empty the Shelters push, being held at more than 275 animal shelters nationwide. Just like all pets at the SPCA of Texas, Rocket has been neutered, microchipped. He's had all of his age-appropriate vaccines. There is no appointment necessary to meet Rocket. I invite you to come in any day between noon and 6 p.m. He will always be happy to see you. He is available at the Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center in Dallas, and that's open for adoptions every day from noon to 6. Most animals are available by walk-in on first-come, first-served basis. Please browse their available animals at spca.org slash findapet. spca.org slash findapet. One word. And visit spca.org slash dogadopt. One word to adopt uh, to inquire about a dog or spca.org slash cat adopt to inquire about a cat. That's the report for today, and it's about Rocket, the nine year old um, pointer mix. I hope we can get Rocket a nice home, and I hope it's your home. Be good for both of you, don't you know? Let me uh, tell you also about Whiskey Stone. They sponsor that report today. Whiskey Stone, founded in 1983, they've been guiding the uh, landscaping uh, dreams of uh, North Texas all of that time. Mike and Derek Wisnand 
owners of Whiskey Stone are so active in the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, incredibly active leaders in that association. They know all the landscape contractors around North Texas, all the good ones, and they can refer you to somebody who can do a, a stone installation if you're uncomfortable in trying it yourself. You go out there and choose the stone that you like the best, and they'll have it delivered to your home, and they will uh, help you choose a stone contractor to do the work with you. In fact, if you want to do that first, let that contractor meet you there at Whiskey Stone and let uh, him or her uh, choose the stone with you. That's even better. Whiskey Stone, 22 acres of beautiful natural stone and paved stone interlocking concrete paver, pavers. They have decorative gravel. They have river rock, flagstone. They have uh, patio stones, retaining wall stones, big boulders for decorative accents, stone to use on a uh, on a pool decking. Also, if you want to do a fountain, they have it all, and they'll be happy to show it to you, help you make the best decision. They are there to serve you. That's Whiskey Stone location, 4501 East, Loop 820 South. That's in far southeast Fort Worth. The phone number is 817-429-0822. They are open Monday through Saturday, closed on Sundays. Take half a day off and go out and see them. It's worth it. Again, 817-429-0822, 4501 East Loop 820 South in Southeast Fort Worth. Whiz-Q.com. That's Whiz Q Stone. Maintaining a garden isn't easy, but it's nothing compared to what healthcare workers are facing. We join Baylor Scott and White Health in saying thank you to the front line. Thank you for working hard every day and for going all in to protect all of us. And now, back to Neil. All right, and I show, Mike, you tell me which one you want me to go to first. I look out of sequence. Linda, okay. We go to Linda in North Dallas. Linda, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, Linda. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Okay. Um, good. Um, I When I moved into my house three years ago, I had a crepe myrtle that was under um, major distress. Um, I took your advice and did the things that I needed to do to get it back to good health. Um, it was still struggling, but um, it had black bark. And then what are the bugs that get on it when it gets hot um, under the, the bark? There are two. One of them is crepe myrtle bark scale. The other is crepe myrtle aphids. Bark scale is on the bark. Yeah, it was a scale. So it was infested um, with that. So I got rid of that. The bark started to shed. This year, um, only two of the six main trunks are um, filling out with leaves. Looks like the other ones are dead. I'm not sure what happened. with that, but it's got vigorous growth at the bottom. So I thought, well, maybe I could cut the trunks and let it regrow. Okay. So I want your advice on how that process looks. <laughs> That's what oh, I need. Okay. To do. I didn't know where the question was out of yeah. all that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What, what has happened? Number one, the crepe myrtle bark scale is unsightly, modestly harmful, very, very, very modestly harmful. Um, that's years ago that that happened in most cases, um, and is still happening, but, uh, it's not a major threat to the health and vigor of the crepe myrtles. Uh, it leads to a sticky residue called honeydew, and that residue is a substrate in which a fungus called sooty mold will grow. That is the black growth that gives the discoloration to the trunks. Everybody gets all wrapped up in the black trunks and they really are absolutely not harmful they're ugly as can be we don't want them but they're not going to kill the plants that that and they don't cause the bark to come off bark comes off great myrtle trunks anyway so they're a a total wash Um, the the solution in in i'm dealing with this in two different parts the solution with sooty mold, well, with sooty mold and with the crepe myrtle bark scale, uh, comes back to preventing the bark scale in the first place. And here is the very critical uh, tip that everybody needs to hear: crepe myrtle bark scale, and for that matter, crepe myrtle aphids, 
can be prevented before they ever show up with a soil drench of an insecticide I'm going to give you in a moment. It's a crazy name uh, that is put as a liquid drench around the plants around the 15th of May, about two weeks from right now. The insecticide is the most common insecticide in the world, I'm told. It's imidacloprid, I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D, imidacloprid, as a soil drench around each plant. That will stop the crepe myrtle bark aphid. It will stop the crepe myrtle bark scale, and therefore it will stop the honeydew, and therefore it will stop the black sooty mold. So that deals with that. All of that is written on our website of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney, crepemyrtletrails.org. I wrote all that information there as I wrote the text of the website. Um, Now, as far as uh, retraining a Crepe Myrtle that froze, which is what you're describing, that probably happened in February of 2021. We had significant freeze back. Those plants need to be cut back to the ground about an inch above the ground, an inch above the ground. Somebody listened to me yesterday on my program, and this, and we, as we summed it up, he said, okay, so I need to cut them back to two feet. I said, no, I said two inches. What? And I said, you can see examples of how that is done on crepemyrtletrails.org. Click on basic care and then pruning, and you'll see a wonderful example of plants that were pruned that that way and how quickly they rebound um, you don't want to tra- you don't want to retrain one that that uh, is sparse you want to cut it to the ground and make it regrow we did that in our world collection park last year with about 20 plants uh, 20 different varieties we cut them to the ground and by the end of the summer about four months later they were 10 feet tall it that really works so uh, all that instruction is also at crepemyrtletrails.org. So I'm going to okay. send, you, send you to that rather than try to wear down my voice even more. It's C-R-A-P-E, Crepe Myrtle Trails. That's the way we chose to spell it for the website. Okay, so now the regrowth, do I need to cut the trunks and keep that regrowth that's coming up now or cut that back along with it? Because the regrowth has come up about, I don't know, six, eight inches. No, you can leave that. Those will be your new trunks. Okay. What what you want to do is leave about um, leave about ten or twelve of them initially. Fifteen doesn't matter. It, it'd be very bushy. The outer ones will not be your new trunks. You don't want trunks that are out, uh, you know, going in strange directions, uh, uh, eighteen inches apart. But leave uh, leave at least a dozen. Uh, your goal then by the end of this year will be to cut that number down to about 10 or 12. And then next spring you can reduce it more, down to maybe 9. And at the end of next summer, summer of 2023, when they're up, it depends on how quickly they grow, but when they're up and woody in the size of your thumb, then you can reduce it to your final number of 3 or 5, however many trunks you want. And uh, you can tell which direction they're going and how they align with one another. And you take all the others away and just leave the three or five that you want. I would encourage you not to try to grow it single trunk and or grow them single trunk. And I would encourage you to have uh, uh, odd numbers, not even numbers, not two and not four. They just okay. look better visually. All okay. that is in that write-up. I, I really need to move on, but that's all in that write-up. Okay, thank you. That's great. You are welcome, thank Linda. You. Thanks for the call very much. All right. And uh, it's all, also, I might add, moving on to my head here, uh, I might add that this is all described in great detail in my book uh, in the uh, Crepe Myrtle part of Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. There's a lot of information in this book. Book is only thirty two ninety five. This is a very short-term price. It will be thirty eight ninety five when I sell out of the fifth printing books. Uh, the sixth printing will be thirty-eight ninety-five. Uh, this book, chapter one, is the basics of gardening in Texas. Everything that covers the other ten chapters about hardiness zones and soil types of Texas, rainfall areas of Texas, etc. 
Uh, chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar. Uh, it's a perpetual calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of the plants in your landscape and garden. It, uh, people tell me, Neil, that, that, can, that chapter pays for itself, pays for the whole book right there. So that's chapter 2. And then chapters 3 through 11 are very detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. It has all the information on each one of those uh, uh, different fields for every county in the state of Texas. That's a lot of, that was a lot of work. And it has 840 of my best photos and 344 pages of high-quality paper. Carolyn Skye was my editor, Cindy Smith, my graphic designer, and we three did this book. I did not go through a publishing house. I did not put this in stores. I didn't run it through a distributor. I chose to do it directly, selling it here on my program and in my e-gardens, and I, I'm, I'm at peace with that. It means I won't sell as many copies of the book, and... I didn't mark the price up. I'm not making as much doing it this way, but I have the pleasure of controlling all of the decisions, what goes in the book, what didn't make the book, um, whether I sign it or not. Yes, I sign every copy, and I don't have to answer to anybody but myself. I think you'll like the book very, very much. If you don't, then I'm I'm the one. You let me know, and I'll refund every penny. 75,000 copies sold and not one request for a refund. There are two ways you can order it since it's not in stores and not on Amazon. One of them is to call my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. That number is 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it directly from my website right now. And that is at neilsperry.com. You can see a lot more about the book at the website at neilsperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Hello, friends. This is Tommy Brummett, pastor of First United Methodist Church in downtown McKinney, inviting you to join us for worship. You can join us in person in McKinney, and in Melissa, or join us online. Find out all options at sharingtheheart.org. First United Methodist Church, where the love of God is proclaimed and everyone is welcome. That is the voice of a wonderful pastor. He is our pastor. If you want to hear him uh, preach a sermon that will, will speak to you, uh, the live stream is at 10.05 this morning at sharingtheheart.org. First United Methodist Church, downtown McKinney. Wortham Brothers Roofing Company is Texas' premier roofing contractor. They've been serving the entire Metroplex and way beyond with the finest in roofing since 1986. I am really happy, that, we, especially in the spring, that we have a Wortham Brothers roof on our home. We've had it four years now. They do all kinds of roofs, composition, clay and concrete tile, metal, slate. They do newer residential re-roofing. They even do flat roofs. They do hail and wind damage assessments. If you think you've had a roof that was damaged, call them. Let them come out and look. It's very important that you do that because there are good chances that it's covered by your homeowner insurance. That's why you get it, to replace uh, damaged roofs. Uh, they will be able to come out and look and, and uh, see things that you don't see. Maybe see things that other companies and insurance adjusters don't see. That's the way it was at our home. And I think you'll be very, very satisfied with the work of Wortham Brothers Roofing. Now, when it comes time to uh, have them on your roof, putting the new roof on, you will be thrilled with what they do, what they suggest, and how far they make your dollar stretch. They're really good. They are the roofing company that's built on integrity, quality, and innovation. The roofing company I'm proud to recommend to you because they are the roofing company that's been on our roof, and they did us proud. It's a great company. Wortham Brothers Roofing Company. Call them today or tomorrow, 972-562-5788. No charge for the roofing inspection. Uh, if, uh, if they don't see a problem, they'll tell you that. 
If they do see a problem, they'll point out exactly what it is and where it is. 972-562-5788. WBRoofing.com. Wortham Brothers Roofing Company. Gardeners are all about keeping plants healthy and protected, and the same should go for our loved ones. Together with Baylor Scott & White Health and the hardworking healthcare front line, we urge you to get the shot, mask up, and stay safe. And remind your family and friends to do the same. And now, back to Neil. All right, Stubby, thank you very, very much. Let's go to uh, Jay and Burleson. Jay, you've been hanging out on, the whole, on hold for a long time. I don't know exactly what happened, but we are ready to roll, man. How can I help? Hey, good morning, Neil. Good morning. Um, yeah, I hope you feel better. Thank you. You're welcome. My question has to do with some Montauk daisies I planted last year, protected them during the winter, and then cut them back a little bit, and they're now coming back like crazy. But um, wondering when they might start to bloom, and should I uh, put some blooming fertilizer on I don't think you need the blooming fertilizer because uh, because you have enough phosphorus. That's what most people would consider to be the blooming fertilizer. You have enough in your soil already, uh, I would guess. I guess you could have a soil test run and see. Normally, uh, A&M's soil testing lab tells us that uh, we just need to use nitrogen. If you, if you put any phosphorus at all, it should be like a 3-1-2 ratio. It should be uh, a third as much as the nitrogen. Uh, Montauk daisy, I have not grown it, so I can't speak from firsthand experience, but from observations, it blooms later than Shasta's. It'll, it'll bloom uh, later in the summer, but I, I don't have, I don't have firsthand uh, working knowledge with it. It's, it's a later daisy. All right. Well, I appreciate that insight. I'll give you a call back later in the summer and let you know how they, uh, they progress. They look I'd like love to gonna... know, love to see a photo. Yeah. Yeah, they look like they're going to be really good. So Sounds we'll like see. they're going to be really big. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to a friend you talked to a while back in Tustin, California, if that'd be all right. Hi, Garrett. All right. Okay. That's, that's great. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much, Jay. Take care. All right. I do remember the call from California that uh, – we don't get a lot of those. Let me go to uh, let me go to the news. How would that be for a change? Do it on time and right. Baylor's Cotton White sponsors this hour, and they're pretty special people. That's where I went with this great throat of mine two days ago. Gardeners know how much work it takes to keep a garden happy and healthy. I'd like to take some time now to about another group of incredibly hardworking people, the ones who keep us happy and healthy or get us there if we're not. They are the beloved healthcare workers who are out there on the front line. They have our, they have the hardest job of all, and we owe each and every one of them a giant thank you. Thank you for never giving in. Thank you for never settling for good enough. Those are words that just don't exist in their vocabulary. It's not the Baylor way to say good enough. It's not easy to protect us from COVID. It hasn't been easy to even put up with some of us during COVID. But we see you showing up every day and giving every ounce of your energy. And we thank you for that. And to you, my listener, remember that there are still plenty of ways that we can show our appreciation for our frontline people. We can get vaccinated, get the booster, get the second booster, wear your mask. Those are great ways to show our support and share our messages on social media. Let the public know how lucky we are to have people like this taking care of us when we're in need. So I hope you'll join me and let those frontline workers know that they are appreciated. That's a tough, tough task, and they've stood up mightily. So join me right now to Baylor Scott and White Health and all the others. They won't mind if we all join arms in saying one more time, thank you. 100 years serving DFW. Trending now. Trending now. On WBAP and WBAP.com. High-level American officials have been visiting Ukraine today. I'm Dennis Martin. From the Audi Dallas WBAP 24-7 News Desk. 
ClassicChevrolet.com, WBAP first traffic and weather on the ones. An accident in Garland is affecting northbound 635 LBJ Freeway just after Northwest Highway. Downtown Dallas, an accident tying things up at Commerce Street and Market. And also in Dallas, there's an accident on Grand Avenue right at I-30, the E.L. Horton uh, Freeway. With WBAP's first traffic on the ones, I'm Dennis Martin. And now the WBAP forecast. Increasingly cloudy, breezy, and warm today. We could get some spotty to scattered showers or storms. High temperature, 85. Tomorrow, Monday, partly cloudy, scattered showers or storms. 50-50 mix, likely. High temperature, around 84 degrees. Right now, it's 71 in Dallas. 70 in Fort Worth. The Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives turned up unannounced today in Ukraine to meet with that country's president. In the middle of this raging war, a surprise visit from the U.S. to Kyiv. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi meeting Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. She becomes the highest ranking U.S. official to come to Ukraine since the fighting began. Pelosi also has meetings with her delegation scheduled with officials in Poland, and they're heading in that direction, uh, apparently, now. A 20-year-old meteorology student from Denton has been killed in Oklahoma while returning to his school from chasing a tornado in Kansas. Nicholas Nair was one of three University of Oklahoma students who were killed when their vehicle hydroplaned on I-35 and was struck by a tractor-trailer rig. They'd been chasing the tornado that struck Andover early this weekend, damaging or destroying about a thousand buildings in that town. I'm Dennis Martin. Our next news update will be at 10 o'clock. Check back several times throughout your day. Stay informed on the latest with the Russian war on Ukraine with News Talk 820, WBAP 99.5 FMHD2 and WBAP.com. You might be thinking about replacing your old window treatments with beautiful plantation-style shutters with those great big louvers, two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half, or even four-and-a-half-inch size. If you are, then Sunburst Shutters is right up your alley, the place to call. And that number is 214-343-2601. They are the greatest. We have Sunburst Shutters at our house. They use an engineered wood substitute that looks like wood. It's called polywood. It's designed specifically for shutter application. It's completely synthetic. It contains no natural wood. It's solid. It has the same classical look as wood with many of the benefits, but it also is more energy efficient than wood. It doesn't crack or warp or split or peel. It's fabulous, white or off-white. It can be faux-stained. It can be painted. It, it, it's custom fit to any opening in your house. You have all windows the same size exactly. Well, they were when they came out of the window factory, but when they got installed in your home, the tape and bed guys uh, installed them with a different dimension. Tape and bed work is not that precise. And when uh, Sunburst Shutters comes out and measures your windows, they take that into account. They measure very accurately. These are fabulous shutters. We have them. We've had them for 10 or 11 years, and we love them, and you will too. And I'm here to tell you, I always in each one of their ads, I tell you, these are great people that you will be proud to have come into your home. And I say that with conviction. They're really nice people. Uh, Pollywood shutters, sunburst shutters are available also in Austin, San Antonio, Houston, and Waco, Call Sunburst Shutters this week. Call them tomorrow, 214-343-2601, 214-343-2601, sunburstshutters.com. You'll love them as much as we do. With so much happening, you never want to miss a moment. And these days, you don't have to. On air, online, and always on your smart device. News Talk 820 WBAP. WBAP.com. Let me give you my phone number. I need a few more phone calls as we wrap up the program in the next half hour. Only have Betty in Mansfield ahead of you, so you won't be waiting too long. It's 800-288-WBAP. 800 288 9227. Please, won't you call right now? 
800-288-9227. The old voice is really going to want some some calls to help share the load this morning. Uh, Niels Ferry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email on Thursdays at 6 o'clock. I work a day and a half or two days a week getting eGardens ready for you. I think you'll really enjoy it. As uh, as newsletters go, my webmaster tells me, Neil, this is an outstanding open rate. People must really enjoy eGardens, and I think you do from what you tell me. Uh, it has one of the highest open rates of any weekly newsletter. See if you don't agree when you get it. Uh, Neil Spray's eGardens. One of the stories is always a featured plant of the week. One of the stories is always gardening this weekend, things you need to do in that weekend in your landscape and garden. It's like an old-fashioned garden section in that context. And then I used to have a featured plant, a featured question of the week. I have opened that up now to Q&A where you can submit questions uh, most uh, weeks. I'm trying to catch up on the first week's submissions. I need uh, eight or ten. That's what I promised everybody I would post and I got a hundred, and I'm sorting through those. I shut the uh, submission page down, or asked the people not submit uh, for a week or two, so I can get caught up. And uh, and they still came in. So anyway, that part we're trying to figure out how to handle it. But in the meanwhile, um, I'm I'm going to work my way through the ones that we have. It's fun, and I think you'll enjoy it. Take a look at it at, at uh, neilsperry.com, my website. That's where you sign up for it. Neil Sperry's eGardens, free and always will be. I'll never spam you, but you must sign up for it at neilsperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, and uh, that's Neil Sperry's eGardens. News Talk 820, WVAP, 99.5 FM HD2, and WVAP.com. All right, and finally, before we go back to the phone calls, thank you for calling. I see your calls. Let me tell you about the Mueller people and a very special project they have going on. They're great people. This is their Helping Hand program. I just want to let you know the folks at Mueller are doing it for the 14th year. They're giving away a free building to one nonprofit organization right here in the Lone Star State. This isn't just a building. It's a 4,000-square-foot facility to be built by the helping hands of Mueller, dedicated to serving a Texas-sized community. Here's how you enter. You go to MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Click uh, Click on the helping hand. So that's you, you go to MuellerInc.com and then click on the Helping Hand. And that's where you can complete an application about why your organization deserves this building and this blessing. Applications will be accepted until May 16th. For more information on Mueller Steel Buildings and Roofing, visit MuellerInc.com. Good luck to you. A lot of good luck to you. And I hope you win the Mueller Building from the Helping Hands people at MuellerInc.com. You don't just want your garden to grow. You want it to flourish, much like our hopes for living in a world without COVID. Let's join Baylor Scott & White Health in saying a big old thank you to the front line. They're doing what it takes to keep hope flourishing, and we need that now more than ever. And now, back to Neil. All right, Stuby, thank you uh, very much. Let's go back to the phone lines. We go to Betty in Mansfield. Betty, this is Neil. Good morning. So sorry about your voice. I thought I was on the wrong station when I turned my radio on. Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) Anyway, okay. I have tried everything to try to uh, uh, plant these purple seeds. Not purple seeds. uh, The Dura seeds. What am I doing wrong? And are you telling me how I need to plant them? All right. You say you... You say you have planted them already, and they're not well, no, doing well. No, I have. I have bunch. I've tried, and they've never come up. Now I have moon plant seeds, and those I have thousands of those that come up. But my purple datura plant didn't produce any. I, I mean, they did have seeds, and I saved them, but they never came up. So All how right. do I? You're talking about the double uh, datura, double jimson weed. 
It's not double. I don't know what you mean double. It's just a. It was a plant that came up wild, and I had no idea what it was. And they had these beautiful purple plants that I love. Right. Okay. So it had, but all right. Didn't have. It did not have flowers with maybe eight or nine petals. Oh. Doesn't matter. If you're sure. If you're sure you headed the Tura, uh, which it sounds like you did. Uh, they, I've grown them many times. Uh, oh. you need to, I would start them in pots probably, Betty, and set them out. If, if you're having trouble doing it in directly into the ground, they normally reseed themselves. And, but if, if it's hard for you to sow the seed and get them to cooperate, I would plant them in four inch pots. I'd plant maybe three or four seeds in a four inch pot and I'd use a, I'd use a, um, I'm debating what I want to recommend for the potting soil. Normally when I plant things in pots, I use a a mix that is about 50-50 peat moss and perlite. It's it's very loose. But I think with Datura, with Jimson weed and the other Daturas, I would probably have a little bit of topsoil with that. Oh. And and just just so they don't sink, they're not very big. The seeds are not very large. No. And uh, so I'd want a little more stability in the topsoil. So maybe one third, one third, one third topsoil, um, peat moss, and um, I, I almost tem- am tempted to say sand instead of uh, perlite, just to give them a good, well draining uh, mix. I have a seed starter, the brand-new seed starter that's supposed to be good. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Every every company has something that they call by that kind of a name, and they vary a great deal. Most seeds want more moisture and acidic growing conditions, and things are very different from what Datura would want. I would want to have it in a drouthier planting where it, it doesn't stay wet very long at a time. Okay. You're you're kind of early to be planting them because out if if you planted them earlier than this in the garden, that may be part of why they didn't germinate well for you. The soil has been cold, so you might. I did it in the house. It. I did it in the house. All right, we'll try a few more directly into the garden and and okay. plant them in a maybe plant them in a protected spot. You might even take a um, you might even try a, a, like a. Tupperware, if you have an old Tupperware that doesn't have a lid anymore, and drill some holes in it so it'll have a little air movement through it, uh, and, and put that upside down over the top of where you plant them for a week or so, create a little miniature greenhouse, or take some dry cleaner plastic and make a tent over them uh, just to give a little protection from uh, the elements and, and try to hold some moisture in, uh, the humidity, and to, to let them get started. I'm all of this is just almost hurts me to say these things because they normally germinate easily, as you know. And I, I, I'm saying this guy's full of wind because they should be germinating just on their own. What what will happen is if you get them started in the garden uh, and get one plant that's successful, you'll have a hundred next year. And you'll say, why did I go to all that trouble? They'll be coming oh, no. up everywhere. That's the thing. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, I do too. They're very, very pretty. There are people out there saying, "What is he doing? Helping her grow this is poisonous." I well, all right. So are bulbs, uh, you know, t- uh, tulips and daffodils and azaleas. We got to worry about other stuff than just that. But anyway, I hope that helps. That's that's several well, different how, ideas. Well, how deep? Okay, now how deep? First of all, how deep do, I do the seed? I put, I put them on the surface and water them in. Just with a mist, because they're not—they're not very big. Are these seeds any bigger than a? They're not much bigger than a pinhead, are they? No, they're yeah. brown. No, no. I can I, I have the seeds. I have the seeds. No, I know that. I've had the seeds many times. I—I've grown them. I get it. I grow the white more, like you said, but they're all—they're all very similar. I don't think you need to plant them into the ground if your soil mix, your planting mix, is loose. You put them on top, and then you water, and they're going to be washed into the soil. They'll be fine. So I don't have to push it down or anything like to the no, dirt. No, the water okay. will oh, okay. do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, okay. Then once they start coming up, just water them, mist them or something. 
No, I don't think you want to mist them. You need to water them very gently with the hose turned on very slowly and okay. water them only as that planting mix just begins to dry out. You don't dare let them get dry because the little roots are not very long, but you also don't want to just keep them sopping wet. Okay. Think okay, about where they it. grow. That one grows along a highway where it's very dry. It grows in the Mojave Desert where it is very dry. That is a, a that is an arid, loving plant. So anyway, I hope it helps. I got to run, but that that'll get you going. Much thank you so much. You're welcome, Betty. Good luck with it. All right, let me take one more call, then we'll take our break. Joe in Arlington. This is oh my. This may be a challenge. How can I help you? Well, good morning, Neil. I enjoy your show very much. You've thank been a you. help to me in the past. Thank you. Um, I'm a re- I am a, in the last five years a transplant from upstate New York, so I'm still learning. My my uh, yard is doing very nicely, with one exception. I have a, a red maple that was planted in the corner uh, that is in uh, pretty heavy shade most of the time, and it was uh, suffered greatly last February. Uh, that is 2021, but it came back. Um, um, you know, kind of later in the year. This year, all I'm getting is a little growth from the roots, and the top, I, I'm afraid, is about dead. So I'm looking for a replacement for that, and uh, so I'm looking for a suggestion on what I should, what I could put in there. And uh, I've thought about getting a, a, a large shade-loving hydrangea, uh, but I don't know. I don't know what you suggest I do. All right. Now I want to back up a little bit. You had a red maple as Acer rubrum, the the red maple of the northeastern yes. United States. It gives all the beautiful well, fall it was, color. Uh, the uh, the my landscaper uh, uh, planted it for me, and it it, it did very well for a couple no, of years. No, hang on. That's not where I want to go. I'm trying to find out what was there that died. Was it a red maple, uh, Acer rubrum? Uh, I think so. I think so. That should not have died in February of 2021. Those are the those are the trees that give all the beautiful fall color in New England. That's right. That's yeah. right. So uh, New I, England I has know. winters like that all the time. Oh, I know, and and I I just uh, I don't know why it died. Everything yeah. else around it is doing fine. Yeah. How how long had it been there? Uh, three years. All right. And did you notice, maybe too long now after the fact, did you notice that the bark on the west side of the trunk was uh, cracked and broken, gone? No, no. The, the trunk is only uh, probably less than a, uh, an inch in diameter. Did you notice that the bark on the west side of the trunk had cracked vertically and no. was splitting open? It, it had not. It had not. All right. All right. That's uh, usually what kills red maples after three years. They're not wrapped in uh, paper tree wrap, and they're, they sun scald uh, in our area. Um, well, it's very uh, protected. There's a fence uh, on the south side of it and a fence on the east side of All it. Right. How, how can I help you now? What, am, what, is, my, well, what is the question to okay. me? I'm going to yank it, and I want to put something else in its place. What should I put in its place? Right. And so what percentage shade does this area have? Uh, about 90%. All right. Um, that would almost, is is any of that sunlight that does get to it, is it any of it hot afternoon sun? No. Uh, no, it's, could, it's shaded by very tall um, um, uh, cedar elms. You could uh, you could grow a Japanese maple, Acer palmatum, uh, mm-hmm. any of the varieties you wanted, and you could have a beautiful understory tree that way. So that would be a mm-hmm. very nice choice. Um, okay. With uh, heroic soil preparation, uh, especially if the native soil is black land, Arlington has both black and red soils. If you had black land, you'd have to do heroic soil preparation, but you could use dogwood. Uh, that's okay. that's an understory tree. You could use um, um, uh, rusty black hall viburnum. I have as an understory large shrub that could be trained as a small tree. It's a very okay. pretty plant. Um, 
So there are there are several that would make very nice understory trees. Mexican plum is an understory tree. Oh, okay, okay, and that will do well in uh, in that heavy shade area. You think? Yes, you'll see it growing in the woods uh, and and redbuds for okay. that matter. You'll see growing in okay. the woods around uh, around Arlington, natively. All right. Well, I will look into that. Well, good deal. I, well, welcome. Well, I almost went to school at Cornell, so uh, for my yeah, PhD. Yeah, I, I remember you said that. Yeah. 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 I got smart and decided Cornell required smart people. <laughs> so anyway. Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, have a great day. Thanks for the call. Well, you bet. All right. Let me uh, tell you about my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. You'll see a lot of understory trees in it because that's what we have in our landscape. And, when I needed a photo, I went out and took it in our own yard in many cases. Um, the book has uh, 344 pages. Chapter 1 of the book, there are 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics, the, the, the kind of the uh, things you have to know to get started, either as a new or a, an upgrading uh, gardener in Texas. Chapter 2 is the calendar, the perpetual calendar I've never put in a book before. I've done a lot of books, and I've never done this. I've never put it uh, in any form in a publication before other than a short version in my old annual gardening calendars. But this is so much more. Chapters 3 through 11 are comprehensive chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials. Those two chapters are exhaustive with great, huge charts to help you choose the right plants. Um by height, by width, by color, by season of bloom, month by month, and by where they're best adapted, sun or shade, and what parts of Texas. So that's uh, annuals and perennials, and then lawns and fruit and vegetables. I worked a year on this book. I worked a lifetime getting the information together in my mind, and uh, I worked many years getting all the photographs for this book, 840 of them. And so that's what you get in a hardback book printed in Texas, not in China. And I'm proud to hand it out and say, here it is. The, the even better news for you is that it's on big sale right now, $32.95. It will be when the sixth printing is introduced. It will be $38.95. So this is a unique opportunity for you to get it, get it ready to give as gifts, whatever. So... Uh, the way that you can order, it's not in stores, it's not on Amazon. I sign every copy and I guarantee your satisfaction or I will refund every penny you invest in it. 75,000 copies sold and not one request for a refund. You buy it from my website or you buy it by calling my office. My office phone number, Monday through Friday, business hours, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-GROW. 4769. The better way, though, is to order right now from my website. That's neilsperry.com. N E I L S P E R R Y.com. The price will go up as soon as I run out of fifth printing books, and that will happen quickly. So don't delay. 800 752 Grow or neilsperry.com. We had foundation repairs at the Sperry House several years ago, so I called my friends. I did the same thing I'm suggesting you do. I called Advanced Foundation Repair. They came to our home. Their estimates are always free. Their work is affordable. It always is, not just for me, for you as well. Give them a call, 214-333-0003. If you need foundation help, it's Advanced Foundation Repair, 214-333-0003. They are very, very good. Let me tell you about Ace Hardware right now. The Ace Hardware folks sponsor my entire program over at uh, KLF on Saturday afternoons. I hope you'll tune it in sometime. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks, nice folks as well. And uh, they have local experts who know the right questions to ask to make sure you get everything you need. Once they've helped you, they have their own questions. They'll ask you to make sure it's all done right. Stop by your locally owned North Texas Ace retailer to find a great deal on Audubon Park Songbird selections, five-pound bags of premium bird food, assorted varieties from farm to feeder, fortified with vitamins for reproductive health, 
no corn uh, milo or filler. It's ideal for all types of wild birds. Use it with a hopper, tube, or platform feeder. Ace stores, parts of our neighborhoods, each owned by a member of the uh, community, so we're getting help from people we already know. Local experts with trusted advice we can rely on. No matter where we are, who we are, or what we're doing, they can help us. Ace is the place with those helpful, helpful hardware folks. Gardening advice is only helpful when people actually hear it. And the same goes for telling folks about all the things our healthcare workers are doing to protect us from COVID. So share the word on social media. Remind your friends and family to say thank you to the front line. And now back to Neil. Thank you, Stuby, as well. Let's go back to the phones. We go to Phil in Frisco. Phil, this is Neil. How may I help you today? Good morning, Neil. Good morning. Uh, subject is gardenia, a gardenia. Uh, prior to my wife's passing last month, she had ordered a number of plants through the mail. Uh, a lot of reasons for that, but nonetheless, they, they didn't get planted. And uh, I have taken the, the gardenia, which she wanted me to have in her memory, and brought it to the apartment. And uh, uh I transplanted it into a larger pot, about a 10 to 12-inch pot. Okay. Um, I put some feed into it uh, or fed it. I'm sure the wrong feed because I just realized it says hibiscus food. <laughs> but and, I, and I'm a novice, obviously. So uh, some of the leaves on the bottom are turning yellow. There are indications of uh, new blooms about to come out, little green buds. They're about to come out, and but it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Let me try to help you. I have less than a minute. Let me just give you everything I can as quickly as I can. Number one, keep it in the pot because you're in an apartment. The peat moss is a good idea. Uh, use an azalea gardenia water-soluble fertilizer. There are plenty of them on the market. Use it about once every two to four weeks. Uh, give it morning sun until maybe... Uh, oh, one or two in the afternoon. Protect it in the winter from anything below 28 degrees. Um, change it dra- uh, gradually. Don't make drastic changes in lighting, and it should do all right. Thanks for losing. I'm sorry for your loss. Happy gardening, everybody.